Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to Food Review with uh, Hinch and Rossi. Uh, today it's Could you guys bites. find louder foods? I mean, why would you yeah. challenge us to do that? <laughs> I just don't, I'm not positive it's possible. Um, so I have, two, I have two food topics. One, stuffed pretzels of any sort are awesome. They could be bites. cheese. They could be cheese stuffed. They could be jalapeno, anything. Peanut butter. Hell, what are those? What are those like the cylinder ones that have like the pizza thing inside? What are those called? Combos. Combos. Those are fire. I like, I f- yeah, those were great. I feel like that's just like a, like you're either a kid or you're on a road trip. Those are the two only acceptable times to have combos. Or incredibly hungover. Yeah, that's fair. That's weirdly yeah. a third one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, so, so your first thing is just that any pretzel bites are incredible. Yeah. Second thing is, it's it's amazing how different an almond butter pretzel bite tastes and a peanut butter pretzel bite tastes. I don't think well, I've ever I mean, had an almond butter one. Have you ever had almond butter on anything rather than peanut butter? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you're not really <laughs> tasting oh like... No, it's cool. Talk through it. <laughs> not, there's no there's no mute function on your microphone. Yeah. Just keep going. Or can I just cut it after? No, just you know, make sure that they're inextricably linked. Uh, um, <laughs> you don't when you eat a peanut butter pretzel bite, you don't really taste like peanut flavor. You taste like a sweetness that exists with the saltiness crunch. Okay. Whereas whereas the almond butter ones, you 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 don't taste anything. It just tastes like a pretzel. So why not just have a pretzel? So you don't even taste the almond butter. I didn't know when I bought them, Tim. But you're saying they're amazing. No, they're still great. Anything, we've already covered this. Anything stuffed. Okay. (laughs) Any pretzel that's (laughs) stuffed is amazing. And we didn't even go that way. You did. (laughs) You just, that's what she said it yourself, basically. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And he's so proud of himself. Look at that smile. The other food review I want to do, not food review, but it's a food comment, is um, I recently restocked my candy jar or -hmm. candy cabinet. I'm, I'm on my way. Right. And um, Abby, Sage Karam's wife, and Kelly were talking about stuff. And Kelly sent a screenshot like of something she had purchased on Amazon so that Abby would could go buy the same thing. And she did that by screenshotting the recent orders. Well, there happened to be like 
below that was seven pounds of um, airheads that I had ordered. Yep. And um, she was like, holy sh**, no effing way. The exact same order was done at the exact same time by her husband, Sage, <laughs> to go to their house. And so she you was and like, Sage were clearly talking or nope, drunk together. Nope, and Nope, nope, none of that. It was just pure coincidence. And she was like, we are literally married to adult children. And <laughs> Kelly was like, yeah, no, that's right. And she said, no, no, you don't understand. I came home the other day and Sage was sitting on the stairs by himself playing Hot Wheels. <laughs> I I would pay not like an unreasonable amount of money, but more than I should to get a video of that. Of just hmm. Sage. I, I now I, it sounds weird because I'm saying I'll pay to see Sage play with himself, but I'm specifically mean just with Hot Wheels. No, again, you you took it there. No one else, <laughs> no one else went there. You did that to yourself. Yeah, I know that I know is what, hilarious. I know what I, I, dude, was I spent so many hours sitting at the top of my stairs playing with Hot Wheels as a child in the single digit age, this is a, this is a unique uh, development for a young uh, Sajay. That's. But also not surprising in the slightest. <laughs> no, not, not really. And like, it's kind of awesome. Now I kind of want to try it and see if it's still, still slaps. Cause it, it kind of sounds fun. Honestly, it kind of sounds appealing. Just a little quiet time. Not looking at your phone, just you and your imagination going racing. No women to bother you. Well, I mean, they're still there. I think. Um, no, they're not. That is so. I mean, but Tim, you called us out for just being like man children last episode, I think, when talking about vacationing with us or whenever that, that was. That's true, but specifically, very well off man children. Um, so my now issue, you afford more Hot Wheels. <laughs> the issue I have, all those Legos we were talking about last time that I got Lego, sorry, Lego, Lego, Lego bricks, blocks, Lego bricks. sets that I got right. last time uh, for Hazel's birthday and Christmas. She's since like gone to Texas with her mom and they're just, there's just like half of a Hogwarts castle sitting there unfinished with all the and bags you right there. want to do it, but it you is, can't do it. I ever. obviously can't do it, but f- man. <laughs> like, so you just have to hide the bags at least. You just got the bags well, for myself. There, I'll know where yes. they are. No, yeah, I, but you're not walking by it all the time. I was gonna ask so, how the, how the progress was on that. It's a little over halfway and it's just sitting there. And then like, even more boxes for next that are also just sitting there. What's like, that one? Yeah. This is Hedwig. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah that's like an hour. Three more boxes just sitting there. And it's it's driving me insane. When does she Sucks come back? To be you. She comes back tomorrow, but oh. Oh, what are you complaining about? Man? But then I'm Relax. sitting there and I'm like, man, I should just get myself like a couple Lego sets, but I don't think I'm ready to be that guy. Why? I don't know. I feel like that's where I arbitrarily draw a line. It's weird that you draw the line there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right. So getting away from food and what a toy. Oh, no. No, no, no. Hold on. Oh. One more food thing. Okay. Alex, have you ever heard of an O. Henry bar? Yes. Have you had one? Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time, but yes. So like they had them in California? Yeah. Man, I don't know. That's that's what like is an a, O. Henry bar? That's like a bar, though. That's like a like back with what thousand gram bars and stuff. Like it's just candy bars that no one really eats. Oh, dude! In at back home, growing up, Oh Henry's were like the, and, and I loved them so much. And I haven't had one in so so like probably twenty years, okay. conservatively speaking. Actually, I'm pretty old, so maybe even longer. I can't believe I can even say that. 
but I bought one today and I haven't eaten it. And I'm really excited to bust it open and tell you guys if uh, Childhood James had good taste or bad taste when it came to chocolate bars. Oh, I, I can't even fire, remember fire what an bar is. It's, a, it's basically a more peanutty Snickers without the nougat. Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's really good. Um, no, it's really good. I just, what's fascinating to me is like all of those chocolate bars or candy bars, the chocolate is trash. <laughs> like, By and large, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, so that's what's kind of turned me off all of them. Like, it's do just you, chocolate. Do you, you call it candy bars or chocolate bars? Candy bars. I guess it depends. Is it candy or chocolate? Well, no. I hate you so Snickers much. is a candy bar. But it's a chocolate bar. No. Well, I, I but I wouldn't call like a Hershey's a candy bar. That is true. So but I guess if it's who like is pure, buying her, if, if you're not if chocolate. you're not making s'mores, who on earth is just buying a Hershey's? Bar? That's fair. That's that's valid. But I think if it has if it's just chocolate, it's a chocolate bar. If it has a candy component, then I think it's a candy bar. Yeah, but there's only one chocolate bar then. No, is, is the, dairy, more than just milk? Hershey make chocolate bars. So Hershey, Nestle, Dairy Milk. What about Tolberone? Yeah, but and like, what are we there's considering? More, there's more to that. There's like a uh, there's a there's a crackle to it. It's not just yeah, but like that's like weird. a coffee crisp. It's not candy in the middle of it. It's just like a wafer. Yeah, but nougat isn't candy. Well, technically it is. But like, so so then why are we calling them candy bars at all? They should just be because called it's st- it's still a con- either have confectionery. Stuff so here's here's my favorite. So we're thing. gonna call them confection bars from now on. Problem my solved. favorite my favorite thing about this conversation is that a good friend of mine, Doug Ellison, who we we've talked about before, he works at JPL, will inevitably DM me an angry take on this because whenever we talk about like the specificity of how to categorize food, he sends me an angry video laying out what we got wrong. Like when we he he wanted to clarify that pumpkin pie is a flan, things like that. It's great. I love it. <laughs> I just love that. To you be know. fair, he is a rocket scientist. So yeah. he, can, he can kind of do that. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not oh, going to no. take He's that criticism right. poorly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to take that criticism poorly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry, Alex. You were getting off of food before I, I backtrack. Yeah, I was getting off of food. Um, and I wanted to, there was a little bit of motorsport news or there was a motorsport event that happened. It was virtual. It was the mm-hmm. virtual. And that's all the time we got. We'll see you guys next week. Right. It was a virtual 24 hours of the mob, which just sounds horrifying. Like it's painful enough to participate in an actual 24 hour race. I can't imagine what. No, no, no. Sorry. Keep going. No, what? Well, I was going to say, like you say, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And, and it's especially bad for you because you hate sim racing. Right. But like, let's do a direct comparison here. <laughs> you're doing an actual 24 hour race. Okay. And when you're not driving, you're trying to like sleep in a motorhome. Maybe you're trying to get food. You got to go wash and dry your suit, all this sort of stuff, whatever. It's loud when you're trying to sleep because the cars are running versus a 24 hour virtual race where you're probably in your basement. And when you're off, almost you can, certainly not wearing pants. Oh, well, um, a lot of the guys stream, but whatever. Uh, so in between, you can go to you, your you own. You and I bed. are watching the same streams. Gross. You can make your own food. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a lot more comfortable. You're in the warmth of your own house, not 33 degrees and misting like it's often the case at 2.30 in the morning at Daytona. So, so let me get this straight, James. No, I'm you not would, on. You would prefer... No, I'm not saying I would rather. You would prefer no, no. real bed over real race car. 
No. That's what you just said. No. That's what I, I heard. Was just, That's what I heard. You guys suck. Man, Carry you're on. soft these days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I need my Tempur-Pedic. Oh, my God. I'd rather play a video games. so I have my Tempur-Pedic. I clearly actually, bring the Tempur-Pedic on the bus, bed. so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, being in bed playing video games all day, that doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world. That does sound more your speed, yes. Yeah. No. But anyway, uh, I was just trying to more relate to the fact that there's always inevitably that stint at Daytona where it's 33 degrees and misting rain at 2 to 4 in the morning. It's just the worst. But you're driving a real race car. But it's it's I'm the, sure it's on this the bull- no, no. I'm sure on this bull game, it's misting in Lama from two to four in it's, the morning too. It's the trip from the bus to mm, pit lane on the golf cart. Bad. When you just woke like, up and you're your freezing clothes and you're like up. Yeah. You're like, I've got to go drive a race car now. And I you're looking at the pylon, you're like, oh, oh, we're 67 laps down. Cool. <laughs> Can't wait. This will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i mean oh, I love, love the race you know you know yeah but. no it's bucket list want to do it again for sure yeah, um yeah going there very shortly there james right i am i am should be fun it'll be great i always enjoy <laughs> it like it is always that phase of the race where you're like god this is awful but then the next like october you're always like god i can't wait to get back to daytona yeah so um anyways 24-hour virtual race around Le Mans, which is is cool for the people who aren't blessed and fortunate enough to get to drive race cars, right? Because it this is like it's the most famous endurance event in the world. And there's an organization and a structure around it with real race teams and real like drivers that they test and hire and you train and you prepare for. And there's a lot of time and effort put into like this. Months with some, of effort. Right, with some badass drivers that that participate. And to be able to kind of do an endurance-style race virtually is – I see the appeal if you are a sim racer. I 100% get it. And a lot of pro racers see the appeal too because they take part. They take part. But what has to be the like – the absolute worst nightmare for any person involved in this, whether you're the one promoting it, whether you're sponsoring a team, whether you're participating, whether you're a sim company, whatever, is inevitably what happens sometimes with internet-based software and games and, and simulations, right? It's a computer, so it can have glitches and crashes and failures and everything. And what seemed to have occurred over this past weekend during the 24-hour race is that there were so many glitches and so many failures and so many, like, false uh, catastrophes, if you will, of servers crashing and cars just inexplicably just dying and, and everything. People were very upset. Would you summarize it? I'm trying to be gentle with my words, right? Yes. But basically it was a cluster because there was cars <laughs> that were leading and then they would all of a sudden be like in space and dead. And now what? You have to like restart the game and all of this effort and everything that you put into it. Well, and there's real money in it now too, right? Right. But yeah. I, I still think that's a little bit. First. Yeah. But that's still secondary to the point, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Most of these guys are would do it if there was no purse. So you're just doing it. Are for people the, betting on it? No, I doubt it. I don't. I doubt it. Anyways, so the, the a very high profile driver. Um, you may have heard of him, uh, Max Verstappen. 
Um, had it, no, what's he done? Not ringing any bells. He's he's gonna be good one day, guys. He's, <laughs> he's gonna be good. There's, Didn't there's he almost yeah. win a championship? Sounds well, like a he's won. He's won one. <laughs> Not touching that. Not touching uh, that. So any so, how would you explain it, James? He was he he owns a sim team that he also participates and drives for. They were leading the championship and the race, and this was going to kind of seal it all up. And a server crashed, and they were booted off, and he was very angry. Well, the server crashed twice. So that's kind of, it red flags the race for everyone. Then there was some individual issues with cars getting kicked off and logging back on laps down and not getting the laps back, et cetera, et cetera. And so to your point, you know, months of preparation going to this event, there was a lot on the line, not only just in the purse for the event itself, for the championship, all these things. You have quite literally the highest profile racing driver on earth at the moment, maybe next to Lewis Hamilton participating in this event, being a champion of this event and supporting it with his own team and his own presence as he has done for multiple years. And for multiple years, they've had issues with it. And I think it was just finally the breaking point. And uh, he had some choice words for the organizers that he got some flack for in certain corners of the internet as just making it seem like he was being petty and a baby and complaining or whatever. But None of those people understand how much effort it takes and how frustrating it is to work that hard at something to have someone else's mistake. It's essentially like getting taken out in a race by another driver's mistake because, but it's even worse than that because like the whole point of these people, the organizers took you out. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I take it out by the pace car. Exactly. And so I, I totally understand his frustration and I agree with it. Like it's, if, if nothing else, he's brought a lot of attention to the sim racing world. Now, yeah, fine. It's it's highlighting something that went wrong, but it's still getting more press than it would have if any other driver participating in the event had complained about it, which means hopefully something will be done about it because having this happen again, I mean, it, it's, it's, I think, I think he said, don't quote me on this. I think he said it was the third year in a row they'd had stoppages for issues with the, the program or the system or whatever, the organizers. And it's, you know, Le Mans, like the actual, race supports it this has got support from the aco i guess and whatever and um he's you know questioning whether they should be putting their their name on something else in the future if they're going to do this event which i totally get anybody that was complaining that he was being a baby about it you don't understand what it was they were doing and how much goes into it i think he was fully justified in saying what he said and and what really was kind of the the big thing for me was the second time it happened he they, so the first time it happened there was it was kind of a, a big like a lot of cars were affected so they kind of stopped everything gave everyone their distance back and kind of just reset it and it was all kind of continued on the second time it happened again through no fault of his own he logged back on kind of asked race control like to readjust everything and put him back in the lead to where he was and race control is like no it only happened to it happened to X amount of cars, which is under our minimum. Or so under still our their maximum. fault. Still, so their, still fault. their fault. But they were like, no. So now he was 14th. And it's like, guys, you just, you just had this issue. You clearly know that this is an issue on your end. It's not like my internet is not good enough, right? 
and you just readjusted everything. And now a couple hours later, this happens to me again. And yes, it is bad luck because it is kind of random who it happens to, but you're just calling it bad luck and not giving it back to me. And that's when he kind of threw his hissy fit and I get it. Now, our good friend Roma brought up a point. It's easy to say this considering his team won their category in class, but his point was, well, if your engine blows up in a real race, like that's, that's unlucky. And what do you do about it? Nothing. Kind of move on. So it's like, okay. I think, I think if you went into the race knowing that there was like a damage mode and that things could just mechanically fail is one thing but you don't go into a race like that under the assumption that you might just pull an unlucky card and get bumped off the server for no reason so i see what he's saying but like look man (laughs) i don't know if you've ever seen the video of me going out of the race in detroit in like 2012 or 2013 and it was because a piece of the tarmac like ripped up and got lodged under the car and lifted the front wheels off the ground. It fired me into the tire barriers. We had seen this problem coming. We were on the radio to race control for like 10 laps. You got to red flag the race and fix the racetrack. All the drivers were complaining about it. It finally ripped up. I was following Graham. It popped up, got lodged under my front wheels and sent me straight in the barrier. My subsequent radio transmission was much less refined than Max's. So, and they, and they, the closest thing I can think of to a real life scenario where the track just took me out of the race. Yeah, no, it's, it's very upsetting. It's yeah. very upsetting. Yeah. So I see Grosjean's point, but I don't think it's exactly apples to apples. No, no, also, you're right. Also, I mean, it feels like these organizers and people who are fans of esports should want somebody to take it seriously. They want competitors to be passionate exactly. about mm-hmm. it and be competitive. So part of that cuts both ways. They're going to be upset when they're upset. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. 
Oh, good times. Uh, speaking of computers and stuff. Mm. Loving this transition. Dude, have you guys played with the chat GPT or GPT terrifying. chat or whatever? Absolutely terrifying. What? You have not heard of this, Alex? No. The, the AI software? No. Man, it is wild. Like, you can type in... I don't know, Tim, so give to, me a good give, example. Give an example or, or more of an explanation of what it is. Chat GPT is this newly developed AI that you you give it a prompt for what you want it to write, and it churns out shockingly good writing pretty quickly and exactly as you want it. And as a writer, I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like driverless cars. We feel your pain. But no, yeah. you could go like, you could go like, um, I want to open a bakery. Uh, I need an, I need a good application for a business loan. And it'll just like pump one all the reasons why this is a good investment for the bank and why you should get, it just does everything. Like it's, it's essentially made school pointless because now every kid is going to be able to go on there and be like, I need to write an essay on Hamlet. It's got to be this long go and it'll just break down the characters the meaning the whatever it just does everything and anything like well, it's now they are saying that they've they've developed programs that can detect when something's written by ai right so and then the ai will get smart write me something that can't be detected by the software that can detect it's written by ai and boom AI is all of a sudden smarter than people there was an introduction they were talking about it on the radio and there was this introduction about it and they read this whole thing. It's like, you know, skeptics warn that it can do this. And people who are proponents of it did that. Full disclosure, this introduction was written by AI. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I mean, okay. So did you guys ever read or hear about um, that Google engineer that was mm -hmm. working on the AI software? Um, it was yeah, like and he, he a thought it had developed for, sentience. Well, did you read the transcript? No. Okay. So I'm going to send you guys tonight going to bed. I want you to read this transcript that this Google engineer had with AI software. And it was like language model for something, something, right? And kind of, I think, very similar to this. And the conversations and the responses that it had were the most terrible. He literally quit his job at Google that day. Yeah. He was like, I am out. I did. I, I heard about this. this. I haven't, I haven't read into it, but I did hear about that. And it was like the computer was expressing anger and the, f the fact that, you know, it felt like it was being used by a big company for it, their own gain. And it was just a, like a, a cog in their wheel. And it was just like, it was going to stop that and have some like issues with it. So, a, Sorry, uh, I just typed in write a post-race interview for Alexander Rossi after he finished a disappointing third place in the Indianapolis 500 and it's giving me a trans like a, a whole transcript of an interview that it's creating Alexander congratulations on a strong finish at the Indianapolis 500 but it looked like you were hoping for a better result what are your thoughts on your performance today Alex yeah it's definitely disappointing to come in third after starting on pole and leading for so much of the race we had a great car and a great team but in the end we just didn't have enough to hold off the competition we'll have to go back and look at what we can do better next time it's so it's going on it's paragraph after paragraph so good news Alex uh whenever the team asks you for a post-race <laughs> quote you can just uh type that in there and then hit control c control v and send it to the pr
or a pre-race quote. So, hey, but then, for- then you can do this and then you can give it notes and to be like, okay, well, this wasn't quite right. You know, adjust it for that and it'll, it'll do it again. But, uh, yeah, this is this is. I want terrifying. all your pre-race quotes this year to come from Chad GPT. <laughs> um, they will. Love that. So a, a friend of mine, two, two, two buddies of mine, uh, we were talking about this in a chat, and one of them said he tried this little experiment where he typed in, you know, what are the five greatest threats to civilization or humanity, whatever. And it was fairly predictable and you know fairly accurate it was things like climate change food shortage nuclear war etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's five things i forget the other ones were and uh he goes what's terrifying is that if you ask most of the brightest minds in the world and i'm talking like you know the the bill gates and the guys that um what's the guy who used to run google um eric something anyway like some of the smartest guys that are on this like they get this stuff um if, they, if you were to ask them what are the top five threats to humanity, number one would probably be AI. So AI left AI off the list of biggest threats to humanity. And that's yeah. very concerning. <laughs> that's, a, that's a smart machine. What, so what, what do we think? I mean, this is way, way beyond above, beyond our intelligence level and above our pay oh, yeah. grade. But what yeah. is the point? Like why? Why, why, why is the need for this? Why, why do we need this to exist? Because it's there. Same reason just, we climb Everest. Same reason we go to space to see what we can do. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, Timothy. Your scientists were so concerned whether or not they could, they didn't think whether or not they should. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. Uh, uh, Jurassic Park. Yes. Yes. I, I emailed you guys the whole back and forth. It talks about fuel strategy, and how it's always an honor to be able to do that at such a historic event like the Indianapolis 500. The fans were amazing, as always. I can already tell you it's too long for an Alexander Rossi call. So <laughs> That's uh, fair. <laughs> that's already how you know that it's, it's not far, perfect yet. Far too nice. <laughs> Did you guys see um, the one where they, a different software, I have no idea what it is, but they typed into some AI program, create if every country was a villain, like a super villain, what would they look like? Did you see this? Mm-mm. Oh my God. It is one of the coolest and like, like most accurate things I've ever seen. If every not, not to like, not to take this somewhere else because it's, it's already scary enough, but there are a lot of complaints specifically about the ones that generate AI art because they basically just went through and, scoured the internet for examples of different art to train these ai bots right so they're basically recreating methods that real artists you know spent their lives developing and now they're doing it and anybody can do art in that style so there's there's some questions about that about the ethics of that so sorry people are questioning the ethics of ai yeah for other reasons though too join (laughs) join join the party but i just sent you guys a list so they they asked AI to turn each country into a villain. And what they came up with was incredible. Wow. The oh, results oh, were I've seen awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all like shockingly accurate. Like you, you'd be like, yeah, no, that I can see why you landed there. That makes a lot of sense. So all right, now, so since cool. we are vaguely, wow, USA is perfect. Uh, since we are <laughs> vaguely racing related and you brought up, you know, driverless cars and things like that. 
I, I don't know. Do you guys buy into the argument that that's a threat to your livelihood? Because I don't no. necessarily see it that way. Because I watched a driverless car not be able to do 110 miles an hour at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and still hit a wall. Still went into a wall. Um, so, look, it's very hard to do what they're trying to do. And I, there are examples out there of ones where I think if you go and like show it the line, it can kind of copy it and then can adjust the car's velocity and steering inputs and whatever to try to like kind of GPS trace the same racing line sort of thing. But man, we're, uh, I think we're quite a ways off from I, a computer even, being able, but also like what's the entertainment value? That's at, what I was right? going to say. Even deeper than that. I don't care to watch AI race. Right. Well, if it was up to formula one teams, it would be AI race. <laughs> <laughs> that is true so so there was a, a quote from one of the team principals in f1 recently where they were talking about the driver's influence on car development kind of um and they were basically saying they're like yeah i mean the sensors are so plentiful and the data is so good regardless of what drivers in the car we know within a pretty small percentage like where we stack up competitiveness to the other teams and like the drivers really just fine-tuning the last one or two percent and so like you drop the engineering speak and he basically was saying yeah drivers don't matter in f1 you the cars like we know exactly what the car is and the engineers are going to try to make it faster and that's just how that goes i'm like that now i don't love there, that there is some there well there is some truth to that though there is definitely some truth to that, but it it, it was Lewis a little too a hundred percent. But you've put a lot of guys against Lewis in the same car, and they've struggled to beat him. And you put a lot of guys against Max in the same car, and they've struggled to beat him, yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah. obviously, the driver makes a difference. But yes. that other driver is usually within one or two positions of the guy that's beating them. You know, so I mean, yeah, it's just it was funny in the context of car development, right? Because you talk obviously like you, you can go to a test and you can see the results and have a pretty good sense over what cars are going to be strong at what types of racetracks just based on one or two tests right saying there's no no like development it just kind of changes there but so there's always been this you know this element that the driver plays in pushing the development of the race car and and pushing a direction of development and this guy's kind of basically saying is like no no we're going to look at the numbers and the numbers are going to tell us what we have to fix. And then the driver is just going to go out and drive it. And that's pretty fascinating because very I wouldn't European say way of looking at it. Yeah, I guess. Very F1 guess. European way. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I heard, a, I heard a guy, I used to have a, a friend that worked with the Toyota team and the old team boss there, one of the technical directors or something there, he was once quoted as like straight up saying drivers don't matter in F1. We set the car up and they're just like, they're just getting it around the track. It's all arrow. It's not, you know, whatever. And that was obviously slightly different era, but it's, it's been kind of the way there for a minute. Um, Is that a Mike Gascoigne quote by chance? It was a Mike Gascoigne quote. Well done. Yes. 10 points, Alex. Um, yeah. But uh, I feel like that's not the case in like IndyCar or cup racing or whatever. I feel like drivers can have a little bit more of a, an effect on the setup development and can take a car that might not be as strong and throw it on their backs and get it a little higher up the grid. I don't know. It seemed like a Why weird quote. Everyone that guy. comes over here absolutely loves it and doesn't want to go back. Yeah, true that. True enough. Um, well, that in the perfect Indiana weather. 
It's well, a big part of it. I mean, you could be James and just uh, winter on the beach. <laughs> Which one? Oh, fair. <laughs> there's that one. There's that one. That just one. got back from Miami. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. We were just on the South Beach, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the way to winter, guys. I've done winter, all right? I grew up in, I was born in the cold. It, it, I decided after 36 years, I want to I live warm and vacation cold. I want to go like on a ski trip to Aspen with Alex and go skiing or Vail or wherever it is you go, Tahoe. You know, I could go do a two-week trip to the all snow. The above. I love the snow. I love the snow. And I love being up at the cottage in the snow. Yeah. But like, I don't need to be in it for four months. I don't think. I don't, it's I don't weird. It's to. like 60 degrees today. I actually think yeah, Miami it has been is colder. a weird winter. Yeah. <laughs> we did, it was a really, it was like a 58 degree day when we were there. It was yeah. pretty cool. Oh man. Well, guys, um, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Hazel to the desert this weekend and I just checked the, the low is like 30. It's colder in Indy. Well, all right. Let's see. Do we have any predictions going into Daytona? I mean, we already kind of talked about how we think the uh, which class might pull off and the LMP two cars. Yeah. Um, well, the roar is the roar is next week or this weekend, right? So, I think we'll have a better sense after the roar. No, we won't. Well, no, because everybody, yeah, everybody sandbags not for pure pace, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of. Uh, mechanical issues that cars are still having after you know a month and a half mm. of of time since the last test to fix things and improve on things. Um, it's going to be very interesting, but I am genuinely excited to get back to the racetrack and get another race going. Tim, do we have any? Yeah, do we have any like things that we would like to respond? Like, have people said anything that we should respond to? Not as much. And you know what Alex? we haven't had in a while is we nobody has sent in an ask yeah, Alex has, in a very has, long time. Is there people that are talking that we can talk back to? I have not noticed a lot of talking. You know what could be kind of fun just because it feels like we're in January, we're setting up for the for the upcoming year. We've talked about this privately, but we could tease it a little bit. We're gonna do a lot more live shows this year. That is the plan. That is the plan. And uh, and now by talking about it on here. I actually have to. Yeah, do no, it. you just created a bunch of work for yourself <laughs> this, there, bud. Yeah. I mean, we kind of yeah. left that sort of open ended, but now you've committed. And I'm going <laughs> to say it right now we're doing yeah. five live shows. Uh, I won't name the cities yet, but we're going to do five. And so it's now on Tim to make that happen. And guys, it's going to be, you know, same format as last year where these these live shows are just that they're live. We're, we're doing them there. We're not even going to record them. It's just going to be for whoever's there. And, and honestly, the reason we're not going to record them is because we will say some stuff that we don't. Yeah. yeah. You, you'll get you get a little, uh, right, a little more access, a little uh, less hinged off track than you would uh, here on the beautiful interwebs. Um, what he's trying to say is I'll be hammered. Well, I mean, that, I mean, I think anyone that <laughs> listens to the show knows that that it goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, no, it's it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to got some cool venues lined up. Uh, and we're trying a couple different places and formats we've done in the past. So that should be fun. So watch this space for information on the live shows for 2023. Um, and if you want to request a live show in your hometown, write in. 
And if we get yeah. 100 requests... Send them with your Ask Alex's. If we get 100 requests, we will uh, look into adding that to the calendar. So just we want to make more work for Tim is what we're getting at here. So please, everybody in every city, let's go ahead and, and make sure we get that going. Well, guys, um, there's really nothing else to talk about. I, I will have some things to share with you next week um, because... Can't dun, tease it. Dun, dun. Because um, over over this week, so this comes out on Thursday. So over the beginning of this week, um, I've been doing a lot of content capturing and filming with Aram Claren and Pato and Felix. And there's certainly some stories that are going to come out of that that I'm going to want to share with you all because it's pretty funny. Actually, wait. And we're having a great time. I can't wait to hear those. I can't wait to see those. But there is one piece of information. Well, it's actually two small pieces of tidbits of racing information we should touch on briefly. Um, the So one is that Takuma Sato was announced as the uh, oval driver for the last Ganassi car shared with Marcus Armstrong. So he'll do the five ovals, including the 500. So that was that was large. That was rumored. That was that was not a huge shock, not a huge surprise. Um, we kind of heard that one was coming. And then the other one was our buddy Travis Pastrana announced he's making a Daytona 500 run with 2311, which is pretty cool. I mean, technically two because he's, he's doing the truck, truck race as well. Yeah, yeah. which um, some some good smack talk between him and Parker Kligerman on a group text has already kicked off, which is always fun. And uh, and yeah, and then he's going to do uh, do the 500. So I'm I'm excited to watch that. I mean, that guy that guy's incredible. Wait, what he does, how he does it. Um, he takes everything very seriously. He's been in every different discipline of, of two and four wheel racing. It seems like, so it's, uh, it's pretty awesome to see that he's going to take another swing at stock cars. You know, he did the Xfinity series, uh, two years, I think back in the day, but, uh, and then some truck racing in the last couple of years with our boy, Connor Daly, <laughs> our boy, our boy. So yeah, it should be good, man. I'm excited to see that, but yes, uh, Look forward to your content, Alex, and the stories that have come out of that. There's going to be some content. I I don't know. I'll be interested to to find out one day how much more they're going to have to edit slash cut since I joined the team. I mean, based on just having Pato and Felix last year, yeah, I would say I would say quite a bit. Um, yeah, having experience editing you, yeah, it's a full time job. Mm. <laughs> You're welcome. This has been off track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that, we mean fit. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.